Good morning. It's good to be with you this beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, we come together on this February 19th. Um, it's going to be an awesome time together. As we continue in the book of Daniel, I'm excited about it. We had just had an awesome time of worship and just beginning to, man, it's just remembering that the Lord is holy and he is worthy of our praise, that uh, he's the one that reigns and he is sovereign over the nations. And so it was just an awesome time of worshiping, recognizing and declaring who God is and great and mighty and how holy he is. And the Bible, uh, it, it was from the song, um, excuse me, from uh, Isaiah chapter six, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. And he was hearing them cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. And so <clears throat> we were we were worshiping the Lord this morning, remembering the holiness of God. And so anyway, welcome. We're glad you're with us. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, please make sure to hit the subscribe button and uh, hit the bell notification. That way you can get uh, notified of uh, future uh, sermons or the like, and feel free to share the messages with your family and friends. Uh, <clears throat> get the word out, and uh, we're, we're we've just uh, it'll be helpful to us to be able to get that word out that way. So, um, of course, hitting like as well helps a lot with the algorithms and all this kind of stuff. But uh, we want to thank you for watching and being, and we know that God will speak to your heart. And if you're local. We want to encourage you to come and be a part, to come and be and join us right here at Manifest Church. We want you to be here with us to fellowship and to love on each other and, and get to know each other better. You're welcome to come be with us here in South Carolina in Gaston. And so <clears throat> we thank you for that. Uh, also, if you're going to watch, if you're listening on the podcast, you know, make sure to hit the uh, follow button and the notification button so you can get more of the sermons that are uploaded each week. So uh, let's uh, pray as we get ready to start this morning. Father, we love you. Thank you for waking us up this morning and giving us life. Thank you, Lord, that we are living and moving according to your good pleasure. Lord, that you have called us for such a time as this. It doesn't matter what is going on around us. It doesn't matter the wars or rumors of wars or things that are taking place, Lord. We have hope because there is a soon coming kingdom and we rejoice and we know that one day, God, you're going to destroy all the kingdoms of this world, all the kingdoms, that the, the corrupt kingdoms that men have built. You're going to destroy it, Lord God, and you're going to reign forever and ever. And your kingdom will have no end, Lord. And we thank you for that. We rejoice and we await the return of our king, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not looking to any man on this earth to get us out of this mess. We're looking to the son of God, the king of kings and Lord of Lord Jesus Christ, who is the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end, and he's coming on his white horse and he's going to bring justice and righteousness back to this world. And we thank you. We rejoice in that hope, Lord. We love you. Father, I ask you to speak to me today. Holy Spirit, I ask you to empower me now to preach the gospel with power and authority. Lord, I pray that your word will impact those who are here in this room and those who will listen later uh, in whatever uh, platform they're on. God, I pray that the power and presence of the Holy Spirit will minister to them as the word of God is proclaimed. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, as we've been uh, in the book of Daniel, uh, we've been studying the book of Daniel together. We're in chapter two. We're, we're trying to wrap this up in chapter two. And um, <clears throat> I want you to see here, uh, this is third part of chapter two. And last week we... Um, 
uh, we looked at the interpretation that Daniel gave the, the, the King Nebuchadnezzar of his dream that he had about this image of a man who had a, uh, um, remember, let me go back there. If you got your Bible, turn with me to Daniel and uh, let's go back and look at this together in this, um, got my spot right here. Um, remember that it had the head of gold, the chest and arm of silver in the middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron, partly of clay. Remember this massive image that the, the uh, King Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream was terrifying to him in the sense of like, wow, this is terrifying because he didn't really understand the meaning of it. It was a beautiful uh, image, but he just, it was troubling him, excuse me. It was more troubling to him because he didn't understand what he was seeing. Although it was massive and, and, and probably beautiful to his sight, he still was pondering, what is this? And it was such a terrible thing. He lost sleep, remember? And he and because no one could tell him, he wanted all the wise men of Babylon killed. And uh, it, it just, it was crazy what was going on in his heart and what was happening with him. So I believe today the, the message is going to be a message that uh, fills our hearts with hope for the future. You know, we've been looking at the dream. We've been looking at these kingdoms and the corruption and how in Daniel chapter two, these kingdoms were going to come. And we saw uh, that these were the, the empires that were to be. And uh, and we, we looked at all those things. We looked at um, the different empires that were coming and and how uh, they they were destructive. And then in Daniel chapter seven, to kind of help you a little bit, we looked at how these kingdoms see that the king saw these things because it's man's attempt to rule himself and man's uh, attempt to be uh, to have control over others. This was their view of it, his view of it was this beautiful image. But Daniel, in the dream that God had given him, God's vision of it is they were called beasts, ferocious beasts that devoured everything. Why? Because they killed people. They they plundered people. I mean, you name it was going on in these kingdoms and in the kingdom that is to come, the revived Roman Empire that we looked at last week, which were represented of the feet that were of iron and partly of clay. Remember, the ten toes represented the, the, the ten kings. Uh, that will be formulated in the end. And again, as I want to remind you, Daniel is writing from a time that their, the vocabulary was much different from our time. So um, we are not going to see in our time kings like what he's describing with his vocabulary, but what he's describing is kings are like people in, in high authority who control the world or control or have power over people and dominion over people. And uh, unfortunately, in our society, those who have the money have control over the people. And um, and these people are wicked, and they're going to begin to formulate this one world government, one world system. But it's a, it's a government that is weak. It's, it's partly strong, partly weak, because everything that man tries to do is going to end, is going to come to an end anyway. We, our best attempt to try to rule ourselves is going gonna, is gonna to crumble. And you notice that as this image, as he was seeing this image in the dream, the, the, the precious uh, metal started to become uh, not as good. You know, it went from gold, silver, bronze, you know. You know, it started to, to kind of lose its, its awesomeness of the precious metal, right? And so we see now we have a metal that's there. And we want to look at this last kingdom today, the, the stone that struck the base of that image and destroyed it. Do you see all of man's attempt, all of man's 
attempt to rule themselves and to to get God out of the way and become their own gods and and do the things that they want to do, their their attempts, it just hit the feet and it was done. (laughs) This stone hit the feet, this stone that was carved out of the mountain without hands. Hallelujah. And we're going to look at this kingdom that's to come. Uh, How many of you know that these in these days we need hope to endure? We need hope to endure in the days that we're living in. I mean, when we turn on the television or we, we're, we open up our Twitter or we look at something on Facebook or wherever we find our news or get media or, or, or understand we, we have uh, the war in Ukraine, we have the things going on uh, with Russia uh, attempting to, uh, there's some things, rumors going on there with them uh, potentially going into attacking us and there's rumors concerning China with the uh, balloon that was caught and it was a China spy balloon that was coming across our country and just getting information. We see all of these things happening right before our eyes. And these are, and listen, you need to understand this is not, this is not something if you're a Christian, if you're born again of God's spirit and you have the word of God, you know, Jesus said these things were going to come and they're going to come and they're going to come as he talked about, uh, in uh, Matthew chapter, I believe, 24, 25, he talks about these things, the coming kingdom, that there are going to be wars and rumors of wars. Kingdom will rise against kingdom, nation against nation. And, and, and this, these, we, we see in our own nation the tribal wars. We see the, the uh, division coming between uh, people groups where we're, this is what that's talking about. There will be these fights and infights within the world. This is what Jesus was saying. We're seeing all this stuff taking place today. Um, So we need hope to endure. And I believe the Lord is going to remind us of our hope. Amen. That hope that we have. We are going to be looking at the kingdom of God today. We're going to look at this. We're going to see what God has to say about this uh, coming kingdom. And uh, I want us to to read our main text here in just a moment. But I want to uh, give you some terms to define as we go through this kingdom. some just some views in, about eschatology and and it's a little bit of understanding, particularly our view at Manifest Church of eschatology. Uh, uh, dispensationalist is a view, and it is the understanding that God's work on earth follows time periods of deferring purposes or revelations of his character. Um, a characteristic of dispensationalism consists of the literal interpretation of Scripture and the understanding that Israel and the church are two separate entities. So um, we hold to, I, especially I hold to the dispensationalist view. Uh, we look at the scripture literally, unless the scripture tells us otherwise. We do not look at the scriptures metaphorically or, or antidotally. We look at the scriptures in a literal interpretation, unless the scripture itself, as we're reading the context, tells you otherwise is not to be taken literally. So that is our approach. And then... When we're because we're talking about these this coming kingdom, um, we 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 I want to give you a, a definition of premillennialism. Uh, premillennialism is a view of focusing on a more stringently literal interpretation of the Bible and eschatological passages, as opposed to a purely figurative or metaphorical view of Christ of these biblical texts. In other words, a more literal view, uh, uh, view of these texts lead us, lead one, leads one to understand that Christ will physically return to the earth and establish 1,000 years as king 
of king, uh, king of the earth. In other words, our view, looking at the scriptures, if we take the literal approach, not a figuratively or a metaphorical view, we look at the scriptures and we see and we find in the word of God that Jesus is going to actually physically come to the earth once again, and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. Um, another view out there in eschatology is all millennialism. And this literally means no millennium. All millennialism teaches in a period in which Christ will reign, just not a literal thousand years. Um, so again, they don't believe in the physical millennial thousand year reign of Jesus Christ. That is that view. Um, then there's another one, post-millennialism, um, very similar to all millennialism in that both maintain that the millennium is the period between the first and second coming of Christ and is not a literal thousand years. Uh, the, the primary difference is the nature and scope of the kingdom in this period, present age. Post-millennialists believe the church will, will Christianize the present world during the kingdom age and pave way for the Lord's return. Okay, so <clears throat> actually, if you pay attention, even though you don't know these definitions or these terms, if you look at the body of Christ, you can see uh, in, in, in people's teaching and how they preach or, or in how they practice their faith, you can see some of these um, eschatolo eschatology views within the way they live and the way that they operate in their lives. Um, and so if you're paying attention, you'll see that. I just wanted to give you that little bit of information there. I know it's uh, a lot of words, but you know it's important to understand these um, eschatology views because it helps you to understand why we believe what we believe as uh, Manifest Church. You can understand why we believe on uh, uh, we're, we're dispensationalists or pre-millennial. Uh, because we believe in looking at the scripture in its literal interpretation, unless the Bible tells you otherwise. I don't need to think of it as anecdotal. I don't need to look at it as, a, uh, uh, you know, just it's it's crazy because it's not that. It's not metaphorical. It's not. It's God's word is what it is. And we don't look at it unless the Bible tells you that it's not meaning for you to take something literal. It will tell you that. <laughs> Writers will tell you, inspired by the Spirit, when they're writing, they'll say words like, <laughs> you know, like. And so you need to understand certain things like that. And there may be things that are are in the scripture that help you to understand that better. So let's let's go to Daniel chapter two and let's read a little bit on our main text. And then we're going to go uh, finish up in this. So, again, Daniel chapter two, I want you to see verse thirty four. <clears throat> Daniel chapter two, verse thirty four and thirty five. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. The iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Go with me to verses 44 and 45. This is the interpretation of what the king just saw. <clears throat> In the days of those kings, speaking of the ten toes, those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, 
nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that the stone was cut from a mountain by no human hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, and the clay, the silver, and the gold, a great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. And awesome imagery. Uh, you know, this king is seeing. Let me take a sip here. We can see this awesome king, kingdom that just looks like this stone that's coming and it hits the base of this image and it crumbles it down to powder. And, and Daniel is the interpretation uh, he gives us there in verses 44 and 45. Daniel describes a second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, this is our hope. He is going to come back for us. He's going to come back and he's going to make all the wrongs right. He's going to establish justice and righteousness on the earth. Uh, once again, and he's going to rule for a thousand years there. And, and the reason I say that, you're going to look at Revelation chapter 20, and you're going to find out Jesus is going to literally be reigning for a thousand years. He's going to put Satan, the great dragon, he's going to put him in a, in, in a pit and lock him there for a thousand years. And then after a thousand years, he's going to let him go. We're going to look at that in a little bit. So he's going to destroy all his enemies and bring them to nothing. All, all those kings who trusted in, in their own ability to self-govern, to kick God out, and to begin to worship uh, a, an image of a beast, and to begin to worship Satan, and they've taken the mark of the beast, and, and they began to worship the beast, he's going to come and he is going to destroy uh, this kingdom. And, and it represents, and that as he saw the image, it represented everything that man and Satan tried to do to remove God and worship self, God is going to bring it to nothing, grind it to powder, and it is going to be taken like chaff in the wind. Man, isn't that awesome? God is going to do a mighty work in that day. Jesus, you know that he, in his talking, he kind of described himself as that stone. He was kind of giving them a little hint. Look at uh, Luke chapter 20, verse 17. Let's go over there to Luke chapter 7. Hold your place there in Daniel. <clears throat> go to Luke chapter 20. I want you to see Jesus, what he says to those listening to him. Verse 17. Here we go. Verse 17 of Luke 20 says, But he looked directly at them and said, What then is this that is written? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. And when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. Man, that's powerful. Jesus uh, giving a hint from what Daniel talked about. He talks about he's that stone. Jesus is coming again and he is going to destroy the kingdom of men. I know I'm telling you, this is good news. Man, when you when you begin to look at governments and around this world, when you be, when you realize what they're doing and you open your eyes and begin to see the the corruption in government, the corruption in our politicians, the corruptions in, in our local governments and our school boards. You begin to look at all these things and around the world, you can see the oppression that has been happening and you can have hope today to know that one day Jesus is going to take all of it and crumble it to nothing but powder. And it's going to be carried to the wind, never to be remembered. Praise God. Amen. Um, 
Go with me over there to Daniel chapter 7. I want you to see uh, a little bit more about our Lord and what he's going to do. And we're going to go to Revelation too. I, this is powerful. Uh, ooh, I'm in Judges. That's where I was in the morning the other day. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> go with me to Daniel chapter 7. I want you to look at verses 13 and 14 there. Daniel 7, 13 and 14. And it says, I saw in the night visions and beheld with the clouds of heaven. There was one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Look over there in verse 27 of that same chapter, chapter 7. Look at verse 27. And it says, And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey Him. Praise God. You see that? I mean, He's going to come and He's going to rule forever. When he comes back, you know, I remember, I give you a little pop culture, uh, the Lord of the Rings, the return of the king. Jesus is going to return and make everything right. He's going to bring everything back to proper harmony. Amen. Uh, the Bible talks about that day being a day where the, the lion will lay down with the lamb. I mean, there, it's going to be an awesome everything. The cups, everything's going to be holy to the Lord on that time. Uh, People are going to live a long time. I, I, I don't have a lot of time to go to every little detail of what that kingdom is going to look like. I'm just giving you an overview. But you know what? I'm glad because that gives you time to go back home, take these things and begin to study about that millennial reign, about that kingdom that's going to come. So it builds that hope in you to know, man, you know what? All this stuff we're going through here is going to pale in comparison to the glory that's going to be revealed when the Son of God returns. And, uh, and he's going to establish his kingdom. Let's go to Revelation 19. I want you to see that our Lord is going to take care of business. He's going to take care of business. You see, he came as a babe in a manger, humbly. His first advent. His second advent, he's coming to get rid of all the wicked and destroy his enemies. He's not coming to play. He's not coming to be this time. They're not going to spit on him this time. They're not going to pull out his beard this time. They're not going to whip him. He's coming to execute justice on the earth. He is not coming to play. Look what it says here in Revelation 19. I want you to look at verses 11 and we're going to read through 21 again. Revelation 19 verse 11 through 21. Then I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems. And he has the name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. Hallelujah. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen and white and pure were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of, of the wrath of God, the Almighty. And his robe and on his thigh, excuse me, 
on his robe and on his thigh. He has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun. With a loud voice, he called to all the birds that fly directly overhead, Come, gather for the great supper of God, to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and the, and the riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the, his horse and against his army. Verse 20. And the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet who is in its presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worship its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. And the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse. And all the birds were gorged, uh, were gorged with their flesh. Man, can you, can you look at the sight of this? I mean, carcasses of people destroyed from the, from the sword that comes from Jesus' mouth. And he just destroys all of Satan's army, all of the people who are wicked, all of those who, who have rejected God and taken the mark of the beast and began to come to war against the lamb. <laughs> and they're going to be destroyed and the birds are going to feast on their flesh. I mean, you think of any crazy movie you've seen out there where birds are picking at people's dead bodies and vultures are there and they're eating. Oh, oh just an ugly sight, right? That's what's going to happen. They're going to feast on the flesh of the wicked and, the, and, and those who uh, came against the lamb. They're going to be destroyed. Um, and this is what our king's coming to do. He's not coming as a babe. He's coming to rule and reign. He's coming with an iron scepter in his hand, and he's going to grind all these people to powder, and they're going to be swept away. The kingdom of our God is an everlasting kingdom. It cannot be destroyed. We saw this in Daniel. This kingdom cannot be destroyed there in Daniel 44 and in Daniel 714. We looked at that. It's an everlasting dominion. It's a it will it will never end. Man, isn't that good news for you that you know that God's kingdom isn't going to end? That those of us who have entered into the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ, we will know that one day the suffering that we may endure in this lifetime will come to an end. It's going to come to an end. There will be a physical reign on earth over all the nations. Look at Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Again, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. I'm going to read this to you. A very familiar passage. We like to read this uh, passage during Christmas time. We remember our Lord's birth. Listen to this scripture. For Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. For, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of, his incre of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And, the th and on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Psalm chapter 2, verses 6 and 9. I want you to see this. Uh, again, Psalm chapter 2, verses 6 and 9. It says, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me. 
You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage, uh, your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a, a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Whew. And if you go on there and talk about kiss the sun, at least he, he'd be angry with you. I mean, this is a day he's coming to execute justice. You got to understand this. Jesus, the, great, the time of grace is now, not then. The time of God's grace is now. The time for you to receive God's grace and mercy is now. Because on the day that he comes, if you have taken that mark, if you have, if you have worshipped the image of the beast, there is no more mercy for you. You will be utterly destroyed and cast into the lake of fire forever with the beast, the false prophet, and, the, and, and Satan, the dragon. You're going to be cast into there. And God doesn't want that for you. That's why we're here. That's why we're preaching. That's why we're declaring. That's why God has woken you up today. That's why you're listening to this in your car. You're listening to this at your job. Wherever you find yourself, God has brought this message to you to wake you up. If you don't know him, to come to know his son, to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, to repent of your sin and put your trust in him. Why wait? I want you to look at Zechariah 14. I want you to, again, I, I want to finish a little bit here with this, and then we're going to wrap up here. I got one more point. Go with me to Zechariah 14. Zechariah, one of the minor prophets. Let me go here. and Here we go. And we're going to look at verse four, uh, uh, chapter 14. I want us to look at verses 1 through 9. And it says here in Zechariah 14, 1 through 9, Behold, the day is coming for the Lord uh, when the spoil taken from you will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle and the city shall be taken and the houses plundered and the women raped. Half of the city shall go out into exile, but the rest of the people shall not be cut off from the city. When the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as when he fights on a day of battle. On that day, his feet shall stand on the mountain of olives that lies before Jerusalem on the east and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west by a very wide valley so that one half of the mountain shall move northward and the other half southward. And you shall flee to the valley of, of my mountains for the valley of the mountains shall eat to Ezal and you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Then the Lord, my God, will come and all the holy ones with him. Does that sound a lot like Revelation there? On that day, there shall be no light, cold or frost. And there shall be a unique day which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night. But at evening time, there shall be light. Isn't that something? Light in the evening? <clears throat> on that day, living waters shall flow out from Jerusalem, half of them to the eastern sea and the other half to the western sea. It shall continue in summer as in winter. And the Lord will, will be king over all the earth. On that day, the Lord will be one and his name one. Hallelujah. <laughs> this soon and coming kingdom. It's going to be awesome. And we can have hope today in all that we're going through. Let me wrap up with this. So then after this, Pastor, so the, what's the point? What, what, about to, what about us today? What, what has this got to do with us? What about us? We are to proclaim 
to those around us to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus did this. Matthew 4, verse 17. Now you might, well, should I stand on a street corner? Maybe, maybe that's what God wants you to do, then do it. If the Holy Spirit is leading you to get on the street corner and preach and, and call men to repentance, why not? Do it. Maybe he's calling you to preach repentance to your neighbor and you're just talking and you're sharing the gospel with them and you bring them uh, the word of God. Do that. Whatever. But do it. Obey the Lord. Because that's what he did. Look what it says here in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. For the, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus was proclaiming that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That kingdom that is coming, that kingdom uh, when he comes to rule and reign on this earth and, and establish the, the, the kingdom that shall never end, it's coming, it's at hand, it's coming near. And he was saying to people, it's time to repent, it's time to turn back. Remember, uh, you know, this is, this is what we're to be doing. We're to be declaring that this kingdom and that, that word in the Greek means near. At hand means near. It's coming near. It's near you. It's coming. It's on its way. We're, we're getting closer to this kingdom coming. He was declaring that the kingdom of God was near and now is the time for people to enter before it's too late. Now's the time to enter the kingdom of God. Remember, I want to remind you of Moses. I mean, excuse me, of Noah. <laughs> Noah, the ark. Remember the, the time that it took him to build that ark. I mean, it wasn't in a week, man. This was a long time. It probably took him a few years to build this ark to the specific way God wanted it built. And he had to go and get two of every, every animal to bring him into the ark. And what happens? All that time, people mocking and laughing. And today, people mocking and laughing. Ah, these Christians, all these holy, holy rollers, man. They don't, they, they, listen. There came a day when that first drop of water began to drop in Noah's day. And now it was too late. Because God gives all of us a window of grace, a window of time. And you say, well, man, all you preachers been talking about Jesus coming and this and that, and, and he still isn't coming and people mock and scoff it. Let me tell you, the reason God has not come yet is because he is being patient with you because he doesn't want anybody to perish. But don't make any mistake about it. Don't play with God. Do not test him. There's a day coming real soon that all this is going to transpire. There's a day coming when God is going to Shut the door, just like he did. The, Noah's ark, he shut them in and he shut the door. And the wrath was coming, pouring down. That rain represented the wrath of God that, that filled the whole earth and, and killed every living creature on the earth. And the only ones that were alive were those animals in that boat and Noah and his family. And in the same way, right now is a dispensation of grace. Right now, God is opening a window for you to receive his son. God wants you to be born again. God wants you to repent of your sin and put your trust in Jesus Christ. That is what we're to do. That's what we're to proclaim. That's what we're to do. Uh, this is what we're, we're to be doing. Um, uh, in Athens, the Apostle Paul, look at his urgency when he was talking to these uh, pagans. He was talking to, um, at the Areopagus, he was talking to this um, uh, 
these men in Athens. And he says in, in Acts 17, 30, verse 31, he says, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Jesus rising again from the dead was the reason and it is, it, is, it is what God is assuring men of today that he is going to come one day and he's going to bring justice on this earth. And he's going to bring, and that God does not want anyone to perish, but all come to the knowledge of the truth. See, those who are born again now represent the kingdom and what, it, what its rule will be like. We represent the kingdom of God. Remember when Jesus commissioned, the great commission he gave, go and... Uh, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Do you know as a believer, you have given, been given all the authority uh, of heaven behind you to go and proclaim and go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe the word of God, what Jesus taught us. All of heaven, we have been deputized by heaven to carry the message of the kingdom of God, to bring the kingdom of God. And, and the way that men enter the kingdom of God is through Jesus Christ. The Bible says, uh, the, the, it's very clear, just said, no one comes to the Father except through me. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can't get into heaven any other way. You will not get into the kingdom of God. You will not be on the right side of this thing unless you come through Jesus Christ. You can't come any other way. There is no other way. There is no name given to men under heaven by which they must be saved. There is only the name of Jesus. And it's the Bible says very clear that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow on in heaven and, earth, and below the earth. And every tongue will confess to the glory of God the Father. They're going to confess what? That Jesus is Lord. Every tongue, every, every, every person, every demon in hell, they're going to confess Jesus is Lord. And it is our, our responsibility to, to demonstrate His rule in our lives, the kingdom ruling our lives, and we demonstrate that kingdom in this world. Uh, it, it is a kingdom made up of every nation, tribe, and tongue. Amen. Praise God. He's the God of the nations. When you keep reading in there in the book of, if you read the book of Revelation, you find that He's the God of the nations. They're worshiping Him from all the world. They're worshiping Him. Why? Because Jesus loves all of us. He loves all men. He, he, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him would not perish, but have eternal life. Eternal life is for all of us, for every nation, tribe, and tongue. Salvation is made available. This kingdom has, uh, has the authority over demonic powers. Do you know that as a Christian, God has given us power uh, over demonic powers out there, demonic spirits. We have power over them. Now, we don't rejoice over that because... You know what? We don't need to do that. Jesus told us not to do that. If we want to rejoice, rejoice in this, that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. We ought to rejoice in that. And we know that God has given us power against the, the, the forces of darkness. It is a kingdom that, that people will experience healing. Do you know today we can pray for someone and God can heal them? Do you know that God can do that? Now, I, I truly believe that uh, God can, if God chooses not to do it, but I'm to do what God tells me to do is to believe him and lay hands on the sick 
and I believe for them to recover. And if he chooses not to do it, I know this, that his grace will be sufficient in their life. I know that God will be glorified even in their illness. I know that. Because ultimately, when the consummation of that kingdom that is to come happens, there will be no more sickness. Every, every person will be perfectly well. Everybody will have a resurrected body. We will no longer be sick. There'll be no more disease. There'll be no more death. Hallelujah. The Bible says that in that day and when that kingdom is here, death will be swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. Because that consummation of that kingdom is going to come. It's, we're, we're, it's coming near and we're representing that here and we can see the, 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 the rule of God within the church and his people demonstrating that. But ultimately, there's coming a day when there will be no more sickness, no more disease, no more death. It's a kingdom of righteousness and justice. Hallelujah. It's a kingdom that's going to make all the wrongs right and there's going to be justice in the land. And those who have entered the kingdom through believing the good news have hope because one day our Lord is going to come back to consummate his kingdom. It's going to be complete. It's not complete yet. It's coming. It's coming near. And it's here in the sense of the kingdom of God is here through his people and we're declaring it. But one day the, the, the consummation of that, the completion of it is going to be here and it's going to be here forever. Hallelujah. And that is good news. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for speaking to our hearts today. Thank you, Lord, that this kingdom that is going to come is going to be one of it's going to be awesome, Lord. It's going to be a, a kingdom, Lord, that has no wickedness. It is, Lord, the Bible says that God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. Lord, there is no shadow of turning with you. God, you are all true. And God, it's going to be awesome to be under, uh, under the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ is going to rule from Jerusalem for a thousand years. And God, we thank you for that. And, and not only for a thousand years, and then once the enemy is set free one more time to, to try to come against the Lamb, you're going to destroy him quickly. It'll be a quick moment, and it'll be forever. And then you're going to bring the new heaven and new earth. Hallelujah. And, 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 and heaven will be uh, with man. God will dwell with us. Hallelujah. We won't need... Uh, all these other things. God, what an awesome thing that we can have hope. And I pray for my brother and sister today that, that just ha has been feeling overwhelmed and anxious about the, the future and anxious about the things that are going on in the world and, and fears try to creep, creep in their hearts. I know because it happens to all of us. I know because our hearts sometimes, and Jesus knows that. That's why he says, take heart for I've overcome the world. I pray for you today to put your trust in him. And maybe you heard this message, you're not a believer, and you realize, man, I, 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 I don't want to be on the rock. I don't want to be part of those carcasses that the, the birds eat their flesh. I want to be on the right side of that thing. I want to be, I've realized Jesus, the Holy Spirit's convicted me. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Today, the Bible says a day of salvation. Don't turn, your, don't, don't, don't turn away from the Lord. Today, repent of your sin and confess Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and the Bible says you will be saved and the Bible says he will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will come into your life and he will lead you and guide you into all truth. And then as you grow in your faith, you, you can ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you with great power so that you can be a witness for Christ and he'll use you. He'll use you in whatever capacity that, that, that means for you. God knows what he wants you to do. Trust in him 
And, and I pray for uh, those who are watching, Lord, today, who are believers that have been discouraged. May you encourage them through this message, Lord, to know that our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in the return of the King. Hallelujah. It's not in some return of some president. It's not in anything else in this world. This world is going to end. It is going to be, is, as Peter Wright is reserved for fire. There's a new heaven, a new earth that we're waiting for, that we're citizens of. And Lord, we thank you for that. We love you. And we ask you to strengthen us and use us this week to minister to people around us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next time.